Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride. Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast is a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain network of podcasts. I thank you for joining me. It is Wednesday. Happy Hump Day, everyone. And you know what that means. In the second half of this show is when we will be diving headfirst into the mailbag. My Ride or Die crew had a lot of questions, as I thought they would, as they always do. And we'll be doing that in the second half of this show. I want to remind everyone that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. If you visit a bunch of websites regarding the Steelers, we hope that ours is the first. We hope that our podcast network is your first stop. I am not naive enough to think that it's the only stop. But we like to think that if you only had one place to go, you only had time for one visit, that you're visiting our podcast and our websites to check those out. I always start podcasts anymore with news. I always have a topic I want to discuss and kind of dive into, but I always start the podcast with news. And I have to be honest with you, my entire first half of this show is going to be news. And it's the only news surrounding the Steelers. I've been waiting for this for a while since the news broke. It was actually Sunday night, and then it became official on Monday. And some people said, I think it was Jeremy Betts, who joins me every Friday, said, man, Jeff's heart-to-heart on Friday is going to be a good one. I said, oh, Jeff's not waiting. And yes, sometimes I speak in third person. I'm just kidding. I'm not waiting until Friday to talk about this. This is going to be the topic of discussion on my Wednesday podcast, which is where we are right now. And that is the stadium name. The stadium name. Heinz Field, gone. Hello, Akrasher Stadium. I know you all are excited, but that's the topic here. It's not so much the name. It's not so much the change. It's the fan response. The title is, Are Steeler Fans Really Crying About a Stadium Name? That's the topic. And I know that's going to ruffle some feathers because you might be someone that is looking at this and saying, this really makes me mad. I don't like this. I'm I'm buying shirts that say it'll always be Heinz and all this stuff. Okay, whatever. Sure. That's fine. You can do that. And that doesn't mean you have to like the name change, but it's really just a name. It's really just a name. Before we go into thoughts, feelings on this, I want to get some details out there. I think context is important. So the first thing we need to do is we need to go all the way back to when Heinz Field, which is what it was called when the stadium was opened, when it was opened in 2001, same year as PNC Park where the Pirates play. At that time, the Heinz Corporation, which had not been bought out by Kraft yet, the Heinz Corporation, which was solely in Pittsburgh, they signed a 20-year naming rights agreement, 20 years, 
for $57 million. Now, in 2021, they came to terms on a one-year deal. I never saw the financial numbers for that one-year extension. And now, here we are in 2022. They were unable to get another deal done. It was funny. I was at the pool with my family. And all of a sudden, I got an email. And so I'm opening it up, and it is the director of market relations, marketing, for Kraft Heinz. And they sent me, probably because they saw my article that I wrote for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and as the author, they found my email and sent me an email saying, here is our statement from what happened on Monday. And it basically said that Kraft Heinz wanted to extend it. They had spent the last several months in negotiations with the Steelers, wanting to keep Heinz Field, Heinz Field, and they were outbid. And the Steelers, it actually wasn't the Steelers. That's something else we need to get out of the way. It's something Dave Schofield said said on the Breaking News podcast on Tuesday. uh, I'm sorry, on Monday, whatever day it was. The Breaking News podcast when he said, it's not the Steelers that make this ultimate decision. They might have a say in it, but it's the, the Steelers, the Pitt Panthers call it home. It's actually this, I don't know, Allegheny County venue sporting something. I, I don't even know that I, I could have taken the time to write it down. I didn't go back and listen to his podcast. They're the ones that make the decision because the Steelers don't own that facility. Taxpayer dollars paid for both PNC Park and now Acrisure Stadium to be built. So it's one of those situations where it, it's important to know that the Kraft Heinz company was trying to keep the naming rights, rightfully so. I mean, you want your name on the top of an NFL stadium that's said a bunch of times, but that didn't happen. But so to go back and look at that original deal, 20 years, anymore, you'll have the majority of naming rights agreements are anywhere from 5 to 15 years. 10 is that sweet spot. Most stadiums have a 10-year longevity in terms of their naming rights. So... What's the going rate? That was in 2001. That's obviously a long time ago. What is the going rate? Well, let's give you some examples. SoFi Stadium. Now, that's different because it's in L.A. and because it houses two NFL teams in the Chargers and the Rams. So they're going to have more events there. But still, SoFi is paying $20 million a year to have their name on that stadium. $20 million a season, folks. I mean, think about those numbers. Our buddy Jerry Dulac, or as we call him the Behind the Steel Curtain, Jer Bear, he put out uh, some sources saying that the reported numbers for Acrisure is a 15-year deal. We knew that. The Steelers made that public, but they did not give any type of financial numbers. The reported amount is 15 years, $150 million that is going to that Allegheny County venue company and I'm sure the Steelers and Pitt and all those places will get their share of it and the the stockholders and the uh, minority owners all that stuff but think about how different that deal is like I said 20 years is 20 years it's a long time between you know naming rights and this by the way I hate to say this but there have been some people in different avenues and different venues and different areas of the Steelers you know media landscape that have hinted at a change in stadium name but no one like no one went out on a limb like Andrew Filipponi did. We at Behind the Steel Curtain love to poke fun at 93.7 The Fan. Not just Andrew Filipponi, but sometimes the hot takes of Colin Dunlap and the Cook and Pony show and all that stuff. And I don't even know if that's still a show, but still, we love to poke fun at them. But Andrew Filipponi, he deserves credit. He was the one that went out on a limb and said, this is happening, and it did. 
it did. It happened within 24 hours of him putting out that initial tweet. So kudos to him. You got to give credit where credit is due. So when you look at the numbers, you know, a lot of people are upset, but 150 million for 15 years, that's probably somewhere where Heinz didn't want to go. They, they didn't want to go down that route. They didn't want this to be, they probably didn't want to spend that much money. And one of the reasons why they didn't want to spend that much money is that when Kraft bought Heinz, and it became not just Heinz, but Kraft Heinz, they took about half of that Pittsburgh-based operation and moved it to their home base in Chicago. And so that's important to note as well. So now I'm starting to, okay, we have, the, we have all those details out of the way. But now we have this fan response. Okay, the fan response. And so I, I put the tweet out there. And I said, I don't remember Penguins fans that were so upset when their new arena, which was initially named Console Energy Center, got changed to PPG Paints Arena. I said, was there a lot of outrage? And there were some good comments, some good responses about people that say, well, it wasn't Console Energy Center very long. It wasn't. I think it was only maybe five years. Maybe. It might, be, it might have been longer. It might have been 10. I don't know. I think five. And now PPG Paints. But they, well, PPG Paints is a Pittsburgh company. People said, we wanted to stay local. Okay, well, why didn't a local company actually fork over the money? Why didn't a local company say, oh, Acrisure is going to give you $150 million for 15 years? We'll match it, and we're local Pittsburgh company. It's going to make you all look good. Or we'll give you $150 million and we'll do whatever. Maybe we'll give you $155. We'll beat you, but we'll add $5 million more. Well, why didn't a local company do that? You want it to be U.S. Steel Steel Stadium? Go be mad at U.S. Steel. Don't be mad at Acroshore for ponying up that much money. You want local, I get it, but the local companies are the ones that have to do that. The local companies have to say, yeah, we want our name and we'll do whatever it takes. Permani Brothers, I don't care. If Permani Brothers wanted their name at the, the top of that stadium or that field, whatever you want to call it, and they would have said, Permani Brothers Field, they're going to have to pony up that much money. And they didn't. I understand the want, the need for it to be local, but let's also not forget that the vast majority of the Steelers fan base is not local. They could care less whether it's a local company. Heinz, they're a Pittsburgh company. If you went and polled all of Steeler Nation across the globe and said, is Heinz located in Pittsburgh? They would know that Heinz Field is in Pittsburgh, but is the Heinz company in Pittsburgh? Most would say no, they didn't know that. They didn't know that 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 was started in a Pittsburgh-based company. People that grew up in that area do, but there's a lot of people that are fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers that love the black and gold that have never even stepped foot in the city, never even been to the venue. And so then there's this other fraction of the fan base that says, well, Acroshore, they're not even a known company. It's not even a known commodity. It's not like when uh, former Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami got named Hard Rock Cafe Field or whatever it was. Well, everyone's heard of Hard Rock Cafe. If you go to any major city, they have them, or used to at least. But still, the Acroshore, what's Acroshore? Well, guess what? No, it wasn't a known commodity. Guess what people know now? They're looking up Acroshore. I guarantee you, if you looked up the details of Google searches, Acroshore has probably been searched more now than it ever has been. And that's a billion dollar corporation. A billion dollar corporation. So, why would a company from Michigan want to have their naming rights on the Pittsburgh Steelers home venue? You're seeing it right now. 
You're seeing their $150 million investment come to fruition by the fact that now you know what Acroshore is. You know what that company does. You all see this? It makes sense, right? Come on, don't be so blind. And so it's not known. Well, that's why they put their name out there. Yeah, we. They, they, and they, I think Dave Schofield said this in his podcast. In like eight years, they've turned it from a 500 million to over a billion dollar operation. Like it's incredible. Like that company is growing and it's going to continue. Why? Because now more people are learning about it. And so you have these fans that feel like they're somehow slighted. They're crying about it. Oh, I'm never going to call it that. Okay, well, when was the last time, if you're lucky enough to go to a game, any Steelers game, I don't care if it's preseason, I don't care if it was when training camp was there, I don't care if it's a regular season playoff game, doesn't matter. Do, do people really say, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to the Heinz Field game. No. No, you don't. You might, um, you might say it in a reference point. Meaning, so what you want to do is you want to go down there, you're going to get off that first exit, and you'll see the PNC Park, Heinz Field exit. You're going to reference that area. When Dave Schofield goes to a game because he's a season ticket holder, he doesn't say, yeah, I'm going to a Heinz Field game. Can't wait to go to Acrisure Stadium game. He says, I'm going to a Steelers game. I'm going to go see the Steelers-Patriots home opener. And that's what they say. If we're talking about verbiage here and, and what people refer to and what they say, why? What, who says that? People are getting all up in arms for no reason, in my opinion. Never once in my life have I said, oh, yeah, you know, back in 2013, I was the uh, NBC fan of the week, which is actually true I was. And, yeah, we went to, uh, we got to go to a Heinz Field game. It was a lot of fun. Heinz Field game? You ever been to a Heinz Field game? Oh, Heinz Field games are the best. When you go to a Heinz Field game, no, I did. I never said that. I might have said, yeah, we got to go into, I got to go on the field, in Heinz Field, but I never once said I'm going to a Heinz Field game. Go to a Steeler game. This, folks, this is not. And even Ben Roethlisberger tweets out, in which I, I love Ben to death, but my gosh, just this is one of the things. Oh, I can't believe it. This is ridiculous. It's always going to be Heinz Field to me. Like he's really just joining the fan parade of crying over this name. I get it. I really do. I get the nostalgia part of it, but at the same time. It's a it it's just a name. The stadium is not changing. They're not moving. This isn't the Baltimore Colts where the Mayflower trucks are pulling in in the middle of the night, loading up all the equipment and just leaving town. This is that's not happening. The team is not leaving Pittsburgh. People are talking like the team is leaving and what are you going to do now? What are we going I I'm nothing is going to change for me. I might have to type in Acrisure Stadium instead of Heinz Field if I'm writing an article. That's it. It, it, That's literally it. I can't tell you outside of talking about Heinz Field and the naming rights why I would even have to say Acrisure Stadium in a flipping podcast. But fans are upset. They're upset. You call whatever you want. You can call it whatever you want. And those that are in and around Pittsburgh know it's like the Star Lake Amphitheater. You know, we used to grow up and we'd go to you'd go to Star Lake to see a concert. You would go my my high school used to have we used to work concessions up there to make money as a fundraiser. And it's even when it changed to Post Gazette Pavilion, everyone still called it Star Lake. Guess what? Okay, that's fine. Post Gazette, were they upset that people were still calling it Star Lake? Over in Virginia and Bristow, they had uh it was always Nissan. 
and then it changed names, and now it was like Jiffy Lube Live or whatever. People still called it Nissan, Nissan Amphitheater. That's just the way it is. You can call it whatever you want. You can call it whatever you want. It went to the highest bidder. That's what we need to remember about this. It was not personal. Business like this cannot be personal. The committee, the group that is the one that says yes to this deal and no to that deal, they are looking for the highest bidder. They just got out of a 20-year relationship where they feel like they were getting screwed probably at the end because they're watching all these other teams changing over their naming rights and making a lot of money because of it, and here they were stuck in a 20-year deal. Hey, blame them for signing that 20-year deal, by the way, but still they're stuck in a 20-year deal only making $57 million over the course of that 20 years. So they get out of it. They finally have a chance to get out of it and make some money, and they do. Acrisure Stadium. Who the heck cares? Call it whatever you want. Just stop crying about it. It's not worth it. The Steelers are staying. They're not changing their colors. It's not a name change like now all of a sudden they're called the, the Pittsburgh Acrishores. No, it's still the Pittsburgh Steelers. Still the same team. Same venue. It's going to look the same. The ketchup bottles might be gone. I'm not going to a game anyway, so who the heck cares? That's my opinion. You want to be upset about it? Be upset about it. You want to go cry in your beers? Go cry in your beers. You want to still call it Heinz Field? Call whatever the heck you want. I really don't care. But don't come on social media or come at me and say, they did them wrong because it should have stayed local. Blame the local businesses for not ponying up the money. Blame UPMC for not saying, we'll give you $200 million for 15 years. We want it to be UPMC Field. Okay, blame UPMC. Go tweet at them. Come on, people. It's just a flipping name. It's just a name. Calm down. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox here. In the second half of this podcast, I'm going to answer questions. I'm sure there will be questions about the naming rights. I will answer all of them. We'll be right back with the mailbag right after this break. Stay tuned. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to the second half of the show. It is Wednesday. You know what that means. It is time for the mailbag. In case you're just tuning in for the first time and you're wondering how can you ask a question, it is simple. Follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. All you have to do is look for on the tu- on Tuesday, I send out a tweet, reply to that tweet, and I will answer that question no matter what. Also... Just a quick social media note. Uh, I've decided to reinstate my Behind the Steel Curtain uh, Instagram handle. So if you're someone that's out there that's on Instagram and you want to follow me, uh, you'll see me talk about the Steelers and stuff like that. It's BTSC underscore Jeff, J-E-F-F. Again, BTSC underscore Jeff. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can. If not, I'm not going to be offended. Okay, let's get this show on the road with... Southside Doc. Here is what he says. I see a lot of talk about signing a big-time tackle for depth. Is there evidence that the Steelers would even accept, uh, that they, the free agent, I'm sorry, would even accept a backup role? Would the Steelers even be considered a lucrative landing spot due to the perceived competitiveness and youth on offense? 
So I asked myself this question, not so much in the same terms, but would the Steelers even be in the market for a tackle and would a tackle want to come to Pittsburgh? I don't see any tackles on the market right now that are free agents that would be come on in and start unless there's an injury. And I think that's the approach the Steelers are going to take. They're going to take a come on in if you want to be a backup and compete, maybe swing tackle if someone gets hurt, poor play, maybe one search into the lineup. Uh, because of that, I, I don't see the Steelers being that attractive landing spot. So interesting question. Tackle's a very interesting position for me. That and the running back depth. We'll see how it plays out. Tank has several questions. Here's the first. Which would you rather suffer through? An AFC rival in the Super Bowl or a Star Wars movie marathon with Super Steeler fan dad, Dave Schofield, only eating buffalo wings. Okay, uh, the Super Bowl AFC rival, give me that. I have no interest, nothing hey, nothing against Dave Schofield. I've spent time with Dave. I like Dave, he's a good friend of mine. But I have no interest in a movie marathon of Star Wars movies. I would rather just watch an AFC rival in the Super Bowl. Uh, Tank asks another one. If you could host a podcast with any Steeler that will wear the uniform this season... Who would it be, and what would you call the show? All right, so if I could have any current Steeler um, on the show or host a podcast with, this is uh, interesting. I'm I'm going to go outside the box here. A lot of you that listen to me might think I would say Najee Harris, which I think would be fantastic, but I would probably go with Pat Fryermuth. I think Pat Fryermuth would be a good interview. I think he'd be honest. I think he would open up and maybe – talk about some stuff. I think we'd have some laughs. It'd be a lot of fun. In terms of what would I call it? Oh, boy, I don't know. I'd have to think about that, but that's who I would choose. Tank continues, if Brian Anthony Davis got you a George Pickens jersey, would you wear it and the hood that I wear on the Steelers preview Thursday night to a Steelers game if Dave Schofield ran the site for the night? Um, Maybe, I guess, especially if it's in the winter, because believe it or not, that hood is actually really warm. It's made for the winter. So, uh, yeah, sure, why not? Hey, two more, I'm sorry, a few more from Hank. Tank, Hank, Tank says, have you ever thought of having a questionnaire portion of the Thursday night show with a preview with Brian and Dave? Uh, we do want to do more questions. Uh, sometimes you just get talking about stuff and you run out of time, and next thing you know, you're... You're looking at the clock and you're trying to keep the show to around 45 minutes and it's 50 minutes and you haven't even done trivia and so it can be tough. But I think that's something we want to build into every show is a Q&A type, uh, Q&A type segment. We'll put it that way. Okay, Tank says, can we please bring back the after party for the preview? It's the off season, Mr. Senior Editor. I know that. Maybe we'll do that this Thursday, if not next Thursday. Uh, last one from Tank. He said, I swear, until next week. Coke or Pepsi? Asking as a Pepsi rep in Virginia. To be honest with you, I, I couldn't even answer that. It's It's been so long since I've had any soda or pop, whatever you call it, wherever you live, or some people call all soda, they call it soda pop, or they call it all Coke. Um, I guess if I think back to when I was a kid, I was more into the Coke products. But again, I haven't had any type of soda in... A really long time. We'll put it that way. So tough for me to say that as an adult, but as a kid, I would have gone with Coke. Aiden Blaine says, hey, Jeff, if the BTSC staff had to field a seven-on-seven flag football team, who would the team consist of and what position would they play? So you get a quarterback, a running back, a center, 
three wide receivers and a tight end. All right, this is in, this is going to be interesting. So, um, I'm not sure about some of these people's athletic ability. Like I, I've talked with these individuals. They are writers. They're podcasters. I have no idea if they can throw, if they can catch, if they can run. I know Brian and Dave personally, but I don't know anyone else really. I'm going to say that I'll take the quarterback. Um, that's not me being arrogant or egotistical. I actually did play in adult flag football leagues and was the quarterback. So I, I would be the quarterback, the running back. I'm thinking maybe Jeremy Jerome Betts would be my running back. Give me the center. I'll go with Dave Schofield at center. The three wide receivers, okay, three wide receivers. I'm going to go with uh, Kyle Kreiss, uh, give me Greg Benevent, and I'm trying to think, maybe Andrew Wilbar. He's smaller, but he's shifty. Maybe he's like a Calvin Austin the third. And for tight end, I'm going with KT Smith. Give me Kevin Smith at tight end. He's my flex guy. That's probably our 7-on-17. Seven seven Good question. That's tough. Brian Haynes says, Jeff, who is your team MVP right now? I mean, this is this is really interesting because when you think of the most valuable player, a lot of people automatically just hone in on stats and say, who provided the best statistical season? And that's who the MVP should be. But I disagree with that. I had disagreed with that when I was a coach. We used to do the MVP, and I used to tell my coaching staff as we would talk about the awards after the season was over. I said, the most valuable player. The player that if that player was lost for whatever reason, the team would not be the same. They would not be as good. It doesn't have to be with statistics. It's about value. And so with that, I think about, you know, everyone would say, well, TJ Watt. I get it. TJ Watt had a great season, defensive player of the year. But the most valuable player, in my opinion, especially last season, if I'm kind of carrying that over into 2022, is Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward's value to the team is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So as of right now, I'm still going to have Cam Hayward be the guy. But some honorable mentions, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick on the offensive side of the ball, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, keep your eye out for those guys. Will Caldwell said, who is funnier to you between Will Ferrell and Steve Carell? Now, Steve Carell, my gosh. I asked my wife this question, and she real quick said Will Ferrell. And I agree, it is Will Ferrell for me because I think Will Ferrell is maybe just my sense of humor, my personality, it's just like a perfect fit. But Steve Carell, whether it's The Office, whether it's his work even in animated films with uh, the Despicable Me movies, which my kids love, they're hysterical, and his voice is the voice of Gru, and then it's Gru and Drew in the final one. He's really funny, and he's done other animated films to me, the tough one would be like Will Ferrell and Jim Carrey. But for the, in this scenario, it's Will Ferrell. But good question. Eric Askew says, do you practice your short game on mini golf courses, a la Adam Sandler or Happy Gilmore, or do you practice blindfolded, a la Chevy Chase in Caddyshack? Let me ask this first. Uh, I would definitely be more of the blindfolded with Chevy Chase. Uh, I love Caddyshack. I worked at a country club. If anyone's worked at an old school country club, now I was working back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Wasn't that long ago, but that was an old school country club in terms of the way that members acted, the, the things. That, if you watch Caddyshack, let me just say this. If you watch Caddyshack, I was not a caddy. They didn't have caddies. I was a cart boy. I worked in the pro shop. I cleaned clubs, got tips, all that stuff. And 
that's not far off. Let me put it that way. Now, my dad, my father, he actually caddied at the same course that I worked when there were caddies there, and he said the same thing. It's not that far off. If you ever watch the movie Caddyshack and you're thinking, this is so outlandish, there's no way these people are like this, you're wrong, and you've never been to a country club like that. They are. And so I'll take Chevy Chase and Caddyshack. Just so many great one-liners. Um, just I could go on and on. But he, Eric continues, also, would you watch the Masters if they only had Slime Time live coverage? Eric, why do you got to do this, man? Like The Masters is is the pinnacle of a non-football event for me. And so why would you have to throw slime time garbage into this? I mean, that would be, I mean, if you think about a golf tournament with slime time, stupid stuff, it would be like if someone makes, hits it into the water, all of a sudden it would turn into slime and your TV screen would look, it, it would be horrible, but I would still watch it because it's the Masters. But yet, why do you have to mess with the Masters, Eric? Come on. All right, let's go to Thomas. He said, why did BTSE not make an offer for naming rights of the stadium? You know, I did put an offer in. Um, it was not the $150 million for 15 years. Um, I think it was just could we have our name on top of a urinal, and it was still shot down. So we tried, but, you know, it is what it is. But the real question from Thomas, he said, if the Steelers were never a team, which team would you follow and why? Hmm, that's interesting. If the Steelers were never a team... Well, growing up in Wheeling, you would have to think that if the Steelers didn't exist, there's the Browns and the Bengals in Ohio. I don't know. To be honest, I might not even watch football that much if there were no Steelers. It's just the way that the, everything was growing up. The way, And that's just difficult to fathom, not having the Steelers. But a good question nonetheless. Zach Farnsworth says, do you think that the Steelers will have any flashy entrances to camp this year with a return to Latrobe? If so, who makes the big entrance? So everyone remembers Antonio Brown, whether it's the Rolls Royces, the uh, come dropping in on a pair. I what, didn't he like parachute in one time or something, or I don't know, you know helicopter. That's what it was. Came in on a helicopter. People forget that, like, you know, Debo used to come in in a fire truck and Brett Kiesel would show up in a, with it with a tractor and i remember this was probably 2011 or 2012 i was just starting to write for behind the steel curtain i I didn't i wasn't running the site i was just a writer was not getting paid the very first article i ever wrote for behind the steel curtain was why how i hope that the steelers just show up to work and leave all the fanfare to other teams and i mentioned Debo showing up in a fire truck, Brett Kiesel in the tractors, which kept getting bigger and bigger every year. I just wanted the guys to show up and get to work and have that workmanlike mindset. And I was ripped to shreds in the comment section. Uh, but you know what? It is what it is. I still feel that way. If there, I don't think you're going to see any crazy entrances. If there was to be a player who makes a big entrance this year, huh, I'm trying to think who that could be. I don't see a lot of those personalities on this team. Like the big names, like TJ Watt. I don't think he's going to do anything like that. Norris, Cam Hayward, or Minka Fitzpatrick. Maybe Pat Fryermuth, but I doubt that either. Najee's probably not that kind of guy. Uh, maybe Zach Gentry shows up. Like I remember James Harrison one time showed up in a one of those little smart cars, and that was humorous. So maybe there would be something like Zach Gentry, who's six foot eight, showing up in a tiny little. I don't know, a Toyota Prius or something. So maybe that's something that's just funny. It's not really a big entrance. Good question. Will Caldwell says, hey, Jeff, 
currently listening to Jeffrey Benedict, obviously on the Cutting Room Floor podcast, which ran on Tuesday morning. Make sure you give it a listen. It was a great, great episode about wide receivers. Will continues. And he made a great point about Claypool's utilization and where his skill set doesn't really complement his body type. My question is, as a coach, do you ever see that? And as a coach, how do you work with that type of player? I'm not, I, I, as in, I wasn't a football coach, so it's tough for me to say this. Uh, Kevin Smith might be one that's more, you know, qualified to answer this question. I think that when you talk about the utilization and the body type and the compliment and what you want them to do, I think you can find a happy median between the two. A good coach is going to find that, find that player to be valuable one way or the other. So I've never experienced it myself, but I could see that it, that they could work with a player like that. It's going to come down to the wide receivers coach, Matt Canada, obviously. Going to be interesting, and I definitely recommend everyone listen to Jeffrey's podcast on Tuesday morning. It was a really good episode. Haskins, QB1, asked two questions. Hey, Jeff, do you think the Steelers are set at cornerback, or do you see them making a move to acquire a solidified cornerback one? I said this about tackle earlier. I'll say it with cornerback as well. I I don't think there's a CB1, if you want to put it that way, on the open market. That would include Joe Hayden. I just don't think he's that guy anymore. So I think they are happy with where they are right now. Maybe that changes in training camp if a player like Levi Wallace doesn't pan out or if someone like James Pierre is just really just his play is tanking. Maybe they go outside the organization to try to find someone. But other than that, I think they're okay. He has a second question. Realistically, if Mitch Trubisky starts to struggle in season, when do you pull the plug and put Kenny Pickett in? Now, if you listen to my Monday show, I had Mark Bergen on. And Mark had, had circled week 10. And that's a game against the New Orleans Saints. And he said the reason why was just because the Steelers were coming off of the bye week. So let's say that Mitch Trubisky struggles. They win some football games, but it's not pretty. Turning the ball over. I could see that being that time. That would be the good spot to say, you know what? We're just looking for a spark. Second half of the season, we're trying to get something going, and we are going to put Kenny Pickett in. That's that's when I would do it. Not early, I wouldn't want to go too early. Give Kenny Pickett some time to get acclimated if he's not the starter in week one. Johnny Bravo says, who wins the Le'Veon Bell Adrian Peterson fight? This is going to be interesting. I'm not going to pay money for this on pay-per-view, but I will obviously follow and see what happens and, and all this good stuff. So I would probably say that I'll put my money on Adrian Peterson. He is older, that he has the size, probably has a reach advantage. Uh, we'll see. I'm not sure. Le'Veon Bell is supposedly not going to play in the NFL this year because he wants to focus on boxing. So take that for what it's worth. Matt D says, Chase Claypool in the slot seems like a major blessing to whoever the quarterback is. Is Deontay Johnson slash George Pickens out wide? George being on the worst cornerback would be could be lethal, and Claypool in the slot are optimum lineup. Is the other option a positionless, everyone can play everywhere, wide receiver position mentality? So for me, I think that Claypool in the slot would be very advantageous. I think the Steelers are going to use Pat Fryermuth in the slot a lot this year. You might see George Pickens be babied into the lineup. I think that's a good way to put it. Not rushed in. He'll play. Think Martavis Bryant as a rookie. It took some time. I think he'll he'll be he'll 
not be inactive, which I think Martavis Bryant was early in his career, his rookie season. But I think the George Pickens will be eased into things, in which case I think Chase Claypool will be wide. Deontay Johnson put Pat Fryermuth in the slot. Maybe someone else like Gunnar Olszewski or Anthony Miller or someone like that could fill in, or maybe Calvin Austin the third if he's ready for that. We'll see. But I'm also okay with a situation where you have, like you mentioned, positionless, everyone can play everywhere, mix it up. I love that. To Bar Gone, he says, Hey, Jeff, new to the BTSC family, but I love it so much. My question is, I love the running back position. Fell in love with the Steelers because of the bus. Can I get a Najee jersey before Bettis? So first, thank you for finding us. It's great to hear from fans that have just found Behind the Steel Curtain. Sometimes you you look at numbers, you look at data and everything, and you're wondering, are these just the same group of people that are listening all the time, or are we bringing in a new audience? It's great to see a new audience member chiming in. Thank you very much. To answer your questions about the jersey, I think Najee Harris, barring a catastrophic injury, would be a, a very good candidate to get a second contract with the Steelers. But if you're looking for the secure option at a, as a jersey, you can never go wrong with a number 36. There are just certain players that will never get old, and Jerome is one of them. But I think it's a safe – I think Najee is a safe pick if you're looking for longevity in a jersey. Good question. Thank you for being a part of the Ride or Die crew. Zach Bauer has two questions. Number one, at Better Adam Sandler movie, The Waterboy or Happy Gilmore? Easy. Happy Gilmore. Why? I love golf. I also never really liked the water boy and so the way that Adam Sandler spoke during the movie. It is a little different. It's funny, but it's not my favorite. Happy Gilmore is one of my favorites. Two, he said, say Mitch Trubisky turns out to be a superstar and looks like the Steelers guy. Do the Steelers trade him? Trade Kenny Pickett? Or make Pickett sit two years before Mitch's contract expires? So the Steelers, let's say if, if Trubisky plays really, really well, I think the Steelers will look to unload him after the season, get something for him, knowing that you have Kenny Pickett there. Unless Kenny Pickett, for whatever reason, in training camp, in the preseason, at practice, just doesn't have it. And they're looking at each other saying, wow, what did we do? Unless that's the case. But if Kenny Pickett is everything everyone says he is, and he is as advertised, then I think Trubisky becomes expendable. And not only does he become expendable, he becomes a valuable piece of the puzzle the Steelers could maybe get some assets from. But that's a good question. Aaron Cummins says, hey, not really a question, but in light of the new name for the stadium, I just don't get why the Roonies didn't try to push for the stadium to be named after Art, the Chief, or Dan Rooney. Both the fan base and players would have loved it. Yes, they would have loved it, but they also would not have made money. Keep that in mind. There's a reason why there's only three teams in the National Football League that have not sold the naming rights to their stadium. That's Lambeau Field, Green Bay, Soldier Field in Chicago, and Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati. That is it. Other than that, every other NFL team, all 29 other teams, have sold the naming rights to their stadium. And the Steelers did it since they built the structure that is now formally known as Heinz Field. So when you look at it, you know, everyone's still freaking out about, you know, the name of the stadium is different. I get it. But at the same time, we have to keep in mind that this was a money play. This is the the Jerry Maguire play. Show me the money. That's what the Steelers wanted. That's what the Allegheny venue group, whatever, wanted. And they got it in $150 million, 15 years. 
Last question by Evan Savage. What, in your opinion, is the bar for this team? 500, oh, just above 500, playoff berth, playoff run. Hey, I think that this is a team that if the defense stays healthy, they can stop the run. If the offense can get it together and run the football, they could make the playoffs. And once you get into the dance, you can make a run. I've I've always felt that way. I've always believed it. And I'm going to continue to believe it as well. So, great question, though. We'll see how that plays out. Make sure that you're following us at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com as well as on the network of podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe and follow so that you don't miss a thing. This is a great mailbag, great podcast. Hope you were enjoying the rant at the beginning of the show. Even if you disagreed, hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back on Friday. Jerome Betts will be joining me for the All Bets Are Off segment. Make sure you're listening for that. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. We'll see you on Friday. Go Steelers.